What's up, everybody? My name is Joe Morado, and we are Apes Development. If you're tuning in this week, then you are tuning in to episode 10. Today, we're going to talk about strength. It's one of my favorite subjects because I think that people's perception of strength is kind of limited. I think that when people think about strength, they think about only one kind of strength, and that's the, the physical variety, right? Uh, think about somebody's ability to lift things or carry things or endure. But there's lots of different types of strength, and we as individuals are susceptible to falling prey because of weakness. And that can be mental weakness, emotional weakness, spiritual weakness, and physical weakness. Uh, being stronger in any of those areas makes us better. Being stronger in all of those areas makes us better equipped to deal with life and better equipped to have a more positive experience with life and with people in general. As you can see, my, my viewership is growing. I now have two viewers, Yoda and Groot, joining me today. Pretty excited to have them as a part of my backdrop. I love both of those characters very much for different reasons. Anyway, we're going to jump right into this video. We're going to talk about strength. As usual, I'm going to talk about the definition, the perception. Obviously, we talked a little bit about the perception already. Uh, we're going to talk about the actual definitions of strength. Then we're going to get into the different types of strength. And then obviously how to strength train emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Uh, if you're new to the to the podcast, APES is accountability, positivity, emotional and spiritual growth, spiritual development. And it all starts with us being accountable for ourselves and how to live better, right? So number one, strength definition is the quality or state of being physically strong, right? Which is everyone's main uh, perception of strength is physical strength. The second definition, however, I think is the one that's more pertinent to this episode, and that is the capacity of an object to withstand great force or pressure. In this case, I think we being the object that can withstand great force or pressure. And this is where all of the other aspects of strength end. And it's not just a physical thing. It's an emotional thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's a mental thing. And I think that all of those aspects of us as human beings and as spiritual beings, uh, all of those aspects of us play into how we interact with the world and how we experience life. And obviously the stronger that we are, the more force and pressure we can withstand emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically, uh, the better off we will be as an individual. And that will make us more useful to other people, right? So obviously the, the obvious perception of strength is physical strength, right? You see a guy or a girl who's got broad shoulders or, or big arms or big defined legs. They embody physical strength or physical prowess. Uh, I think one of the deceptions of strength is the way that we see people. You know, we might see somebody who's smaller or appears to be more fragile and we underestimate maybe their emotional, mental, and spiritual strength. So where they may be lacking in one area, they may surpass us in every way in other areas. 
And I think that that's a common misconception amongst people. Like if you think about like the strongest stone, right? The strongest, the strongest stone on earth is actually a diamond. Uh, and it's formed over time under great pressure and force. And it's actually one mineral forced and crushed and pushed to become one of the hardest minerals on earth. But it looks like glass. It looks fragile compared to something that looks similar to it from a distance. It looks like glass. It looks very breakable and it's almost unbreakable. And, and that's my point is people can be the same way. People can appear very fragile and very breakable and they can actually be one of the strongest people that you know. And, and the flip side of that coin, right? External or, or external appearances can be very deceiving. You might see somebody who looks like me who looks very, very strong and very, very uh, durable. And I could be very fragile emotionally or mentally or spiritually. And at times I have been. And, and that's my point is that by working on these aspects of ourselves and getting them in tune and in alignment with each other, we can actually harden our resolve all the way around so that our appearance really has little to do with what we can withstand and the amount of force and pressure externally we can, we can endure. And, and the more you work on mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual strength as a whole, the more prepared you will be when an outside influence or an external influence that you weren't prepared for comes along, uh, the more prepared you will be to endure that and to weather that storm. So I'm going to jump right into the different types of strength, and I'm going to start with mental strength. And I'm going to talk about how each one of these things is measured or how we measure them as human beings, right? So mental strength. Mental strength is measured by the cognitive and emotional skill of reframing negative thoughts and adverse circumstances. So let me simplify that. So mental strength is measured by the intentional mental focus of looking at the bright side of things. So if you can work on that and work on training your mind to look at the bright side when circumstances come, and I'll give you a very simple example, right? So I'm training for a new position at work and yesterday was insane. It was just crazy. We had several people call out, uh, it was literally like the first day of spring at my store. The garden center blew up. The building materials end of the store blew up. I mean, each section of my store could have been its own store. There were so many customers there. At one point, it felt like there was 10 to 15 customers for every employee. And every customer expected personal attention and personal assistance. And I don't think anyone was prepared mentally to handle that that explosive business uh, or, or that 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 explosion of business and explosion of customers now in the midst of it we were lots of us were overwhelmed and and we just 
I mean, I was literally was my head was on a swivel from one customer to another, walking a customer here, answering a question for this, getting on the computer and looking up a, a, an item or something for somebody online, looking for something at another store. It was just crazy. It was nonstop. And at one point, I just had to stop myself and think, at least we're making money. It could be worse. It could be raining and the store could be dead. And we have had days like that in the last few weeks where it's been a ghost town. There's been nobody in the store and there's been 20 employees standing around or cleaning or looking for something to do or, or us even looking to send people home to offset the cost of, of not having sufficient income. So looking at the bright side and appreciating the fact that we were busy and that we were going to continue to have gainful employment uh, was something that kept us going and something that kept me going personally. Uh, and, I, and I tried to spread that like a fever. I kept trying to tell people, hey, this is good. This is great. And to give you an idea of how busy we were on Black Friday, I think we did like $568,000 in sales. Yesterday, we did like three hundred and thirty. So it was a little more than half of a Black Friday on a regular Saturday. And it was crazy. And the aftermath was my store looked like a tornado hit it on the inside by five in the afternoon. And the rest of the night we spent recovering. Now, the point of all of that is, is situations like that could be overwhelming to the point that people would want to quit or walk out or need a break or get stressed out and snap at people and be negative because it feels overwhelming and it feels stressful and it feels tiring. But having mental endurance and mental strength, we were able to push through that and be able to continue to provide customer service with a smile and a positive attitude. And I attribute that to mental strength. Being mentally strong or tough helps us resist internal and external influences that weaken our self-confidence or well-being, which plays right into what I just said with having mental toughness and mental strength. I was able to not be weakened or, or my well-being was not negatively influenced by external influences. Some of the things that we can do, I'm going to, instead of doing all of the wrap-up at the end and all of the strength training exercises at the end, I'm going to speak to each type of strength. So in mental strength, some tips that you can do, some things that you can focus on to work on your mental strength is number one, and first and foremost, is acknowledge your feelings. Be mindful of how you feel. Don't bottle things up. Don't suppress your feelings. Acknowledge them. If you start to feel stressed out, acknowledge the fact that you start to still feel stressed out. Take some deep breaths. We talked about this in some of the other podcasts, how, how taking deep breaths can be very calming and how you can affect your nervous system and calm your nervous system with deep breathing. So acknowledge your feelings. Number two, practice self-compassion. Allow yourself to feel overwhelmed. Allow yourself, let it be okay in your mind to make mistakes, to fall short. Give yourself the grace to feel and to experience things. And not everything is going to be positive all the time. We have to accept the fact that there's going to be tough days. We wouldn't appreciate the easy days if there weren't tough days. We wouldn't appreciate the sunshine if it didn't rain once in a while. We wouldn't appreciate the rain if it was sunny all the time. So, grant yourself grace. 
Allow yourself to feel. Allow yourself to fall short. Assess your challenges. Number three, assess your challenges. See what you're faced with. Okay, like yesterday, we were shorthanded. We knew we had people call out. It was a beautiful day. I'm sure there were people that didn't want to work, that wanted to go fishing or wanted to go to the river or whatever they wanted to do. They didn't want to be inside of a building helping customers buy plants or buy lumber. Uh, assess your challenges and make changes and adapt. Number four, take small steps towards goals and changes. Take baby steps to reach goals and to make changes in your life. Four, work on mindfulness. I'm going to talk about this a lot because mindfulness is everything. It's in all aspects of our lives. It's in all aspects of our mental and emotional state constantly, our spiritual state constantly. I, I love I love the Star Wars movies and I love the talk about the Force and I love how they reference being mindful of your thoughts because it is so relevant. It is so relevant to be mindful of your thoughts because I'm a negative self-talker. I'm a, I'm a self-doubter. And I don't know who else struggles with that, with negative self-talk or, or with, with self-doubt. But my mind likes to mess with me. And my mind likes to focus on fear. And it likes to focus on worry. And I have to be mindful of my thoughts. Because focusing on the negative can lead to the dark side. It can lead me into depression. It can lead me into morbid reflection and, and self-doubt and negative self-talk. So I have to be mindful of my thoughts constantly. Mental strength, a big aspect of, of hardening your mental strength or your mental toughness is being mindful of negativity and being mindful of, of negative thoughts and being able to redirect, right? Looking at the bright side, we talked about that if mental strength is literally measured by our cognitive ability, our intentional ability to look at the bright side of things. So mindfulness and working on mindfulness is a huge part of that. Number six, ex externalize how you feel. Do not bottle up your feelings. Express yourself. Identify. Express yourself. If you get frustrated, express frustration. There's a time and a place. Obviously, I'm not going to express my frustration to a customer, but I might step off into an office or step into the break room and express my frustration before I go back out onto the floor to decompress, to vent whatever negative feelings I may have. And then number seven, obviously, is maintaining a healthy lifestyle. We talked about this in the in the habits episode last week. I'm actually going to put a link in the in the comments of this video so that we have a point of reference. When we were talking about positive habits, we were talking about eating right. We were talking about sleeping right, getting physical exercise. Maintaining a healthy lifestyle is the seventh tip to building mental strength. Being well rested so that your mind is rested, your mind is sharpened. Maintaining a healthy lifestyle is very important to maintaining a rested mind, a healthy mind with, nu with nutrition, with diet, exercise, proper endorphins released in your brain, Proper exertion released from your body relieves frustration and tension and stress. All of these things play a part into mental strength. Okay, uh, so yeah, so that's mental strength. Moving on, we're going to move right into emotional strength. It's one of my favorites because I feel like a lot of people struggle 
feel like a lot of people struggle with emotional strength. And there's not much discussion on what it means or how to improve it, right? How do we work out? It's real easy to work out muscles. It's real easy to pick up weights. It's real easy to get physical exercise and strength train. But how do you work out emotionally? Well, emotional strength is measured by your ability to respond in an open and vulnerable way in the face of intense emotional experience. How many times have you been dealing with an intense emotional experience and A, you either shut down completely, walk away, fight or flight mentality, right? Or you explode and just explode in, in a vomit of rage and and angry words or you explode in an emotional fit of tears and crying. I don't know a single person who hasn't reacted to an intense emotional experience by overreacting or not reacting at all, right? So emotional strength is measured by your ability to respond in an open and vulnerable way. Respond, that's the key word in this. I spent my whole life reacting to my feelings. I spent my whole life overreacting to my feelings because my feelings feel big to me and they feel like they're more important than yours. And I can't, I can't, I can't minimize that or deflect from that. That's just how I've always been. And I'm sure that there are people out there that struggle with the same issues, whether it be past trauma, whether it be upbringing, whatever you want to blame it on. Many of us are broken emotionally or just were never taught to express or feel our feelings in a healthy way and how to discuss those things and especially how to be vulnerable with another human being. So again, emotional strength is measured by your ability to respond, not react, in an open and vulnerable way in the face of an intense emotional experience. That means I have the propensity or the ability in a heated, escalated situation to not react and to say, I understand what you're saying. This is how I feel, or this is how what happened made me feel. And I'm sorry if my part in that affected you. How do we go forward from here? It's addressing and acknowledging feelings and responding in a, in a positive way and being vulnerable, being vulnerable with another human being, especially as a man to a man. I know that there's going to be a lot of hate about that and the separation but men and women are physiologically different, emotionally and mentally. Our brain patterns are different. Our emotions are different. The way that we process things are different. And I feel like we, as, as the males of our species, have a great deal more, because of testosterone and hormones, have a great deal more aggression, ego, and pride in our responses and in our reactions to things, especially in dealing with other men. So being able to be vulnerable, especially with another man, emotionally, is almost impossible. But with practice and with some of the tips that we're going to talk about, it is possible and it's healthy. And I have amazing relationships with men in my life and we are able to do this. We are able to communicate in an open and vulnerable way. And when we step on each other's toes or we offend one another, we can openly admit it in front of a group of people, in front of a group of other men, and say, you know what, that was wrong, I shouldn't have done that, I'm sorry. I know how it would have made me feel. 
That's amazing to me. The fact that not only I can do that, but I have friends and I have men in my life who want to have that kind of relationship is fantastic. And if you are lacking that or have never experienced that, I hope that you find it. And I hope that you work on building relationships with people that you can do that with. So let's talk about some of the ways that you can build emotional strength, how you can work out emotionally. The first thing is work on being less discouraged by setbacks and disappointments. One of the things that I do to work on minimizing disappointment is to lower my expectations. Lower my expectations of people, lower, lower my expectations of events or circumstances. I mean, there's lots of different ways that you can do that, but the first and foremost is to work on being less discouraged by setbacks and disappointments. Accept the fact that you're going to take three steps back some days. Accept the fact that there are going to be days where you don't make any progress at all. I can relate that specifically to working out and physical fitness. There have been plenty of times where I felt like I wasn't getting any results. and Or I've had surgeries. I mean, let's talk about that. I've had multiple surgeries. I've gone through cancer uh, in the midst of a, of a drastic physical fitness journey to lose weight and to get in shape. I got cancer and I couldn't work out for like six months. I went through chemo and radiation and I felt like I started all over again when it was over. And then I had another injury. I tore a bicep uh, and was out of the gym for like 12 or 16 weeks. So all this progress that I had made after cancer, I got set back again. And then it was one thing after another, a gallbladder surgery. And then, you know, I had a hip replaced, and then I had a hernia surgery. Over the last several years, I've had several surgeries that have kept me out of the gym and have set back my progress. And I'm still getting back on that horse and doing it again and again and again. And the point is, is each time that that has happened, it's affected me less and less emotionally. And I have people in my life that encourage me to do certain things and to practice certain things. You know, I have a good friend of mine who recommended that after my hernia surgery, don't stop going to the gym. You can't lift, but you could walk on the treadmill. You could walk around and socialize. You could still go to the gym every day for an hour or five days a week and keep that part of your routine. Even though you can't get in there and, you know, bench press 300 pounds or squat or deadlift or whatever else, you can still get in there and, and keep it as part of your routine to maintain that, that commitment and dedication and, and health in your life. And it was a huge help to me. That was a huge help to my mental state, to my emotional state, to still socialize with people, to still go to the gym after work, even though I wasn't doing, you know, weight training. Um, so yeah, working on being less discouraged from setbacks and disappointments is huge. Two, focus more on adapting to and implementing change. Be willing to be uncomfortable to grow. None of us like to be uncomfortable. And my experience is if I'm uncomfortable emotionally, it's because something's happening within me. A situation is happening around me that I'm not used to or is foreign to me. And so my knee-jerk reaction is to recoil like from fire because I don't like not knowing how to process or what to feel. But going through experiences like that gives me the experience. It gives me the memory. It gives me how to handle it. And if I don't handle it right, it gives me the opportunity to handle it different next time. And all of those are opportunities to grow and to change. Number three is recognize and express your needs openly. So if you realize that you need 
something to eat, express, I'm getting hungry. I need to take a break or I need to get some food. Don't internalize that shit and get mad and grumpy and hangry because you're not telling people what you need because you're hanging out and you don't want to be a bother or you don't want to be a pest. You're going to be more of a bother and more of a pest if you're hangry and grouchy at people. If you need to take a nap or you shouldn't go hang out because you're tired and you're going to get grumpy or you have to go to work tomorrow, don't go out with your friends. Don't let peer pressure or the need to fit in or be accepted get you to overextend yourself. Pay attention to what your needs are. All of this plays into your emotional state. You're going to get resentful at people because your needs aren't being met. Well, the only person who's accountable for your needs being met is you. It comes back to that accountability piece. The only person who's responsible for making sure that you're getting fed properly, you're getting clothed properly, you're getting the sleep that you need is you. Number four, focus on getting around hurdles instead of focusing on hurdles. So if you have an obstacle or something come up that is a problem in your life, don't focus on the problem. Don't go around telling everyone your woes. Express a, a concern or a need for a solution. If you can't figure out the solution on your own, seek friends who can give you advice. Say, hey, I don't really want to talk about this problem too much, but I've got this problem and I need help figuring out what to do about it. Do you think I should do this or do you think I should do that? And focus on solution rather than the problem. All of this plays into your emotional state, right? If you focus on negativity and you focus on the problem and you're like, oh man, I got to, you know, I got to close by myself or there's no opener at work on Friday. What am I going to do? If you focus on the problem and the dread, that negativity is going to creep in and you're going to talk about it negatively and it's going to multiply because then other people are going to reply with negativity and negativity spreads negativity and positivity spreads positivity. So if you're speaking to the positive side of the apes mentality, right? First is to be accountable, know what your needs are, know what your problems are, focus on you have a hurdle or an obstacle, focus on the solution because that's where the positivity comes in is fixing it. Uh, dwelling on the, the nature of a problem is never going to fix it, right? Like when I got cancer, if I would have just focused on the fact that I had cancer for six months, I probably wouldn't have got better. But focusing on taking care of myself, getting rest, eating properly, getting chemo and radiation and taking my treatments, I was able to get better and now I'm in remission. But if I had just focused and dwelled on having cancer, I probably would have just fell into depression and died. The same goes for our mental state with every aspect of our lives, right? So focus on getting around hurdles, not the hurdles themselves. Five, learn from your mistakes and criticism. Everything in your life is either a blessing or a lesson. Every person in your life is either a blessing or a lesson. And I believe that. I believe that if you choose to look at it that way, then that's how it will be. It's all about perception and perspective. And my perspective is, is if I make a mistake or I get criticism from somewhere, maybe I should listen. Maybe. And I always consider the source. Don't get me wrong. I don't take... I don't shoot down criticism and I don't overreact. I try not to react negatively to criticism, no matter who it comes from. But I definitely am mindful of the source. I'm definitely mindful of who's saying what to me. I'm not going to take criticism from somebody who doesn't have a penny to their name, criticizing my spending habits or my finances. 
Uh, I'm not going to take criticism from, I'm not going to let criticism affect me from somebody who's been divorced seven times on relationship behavior. Now, if it was somebody who's been married for 32 years and they were offering me a suggestion or criticism about my behavior, I would probably heed that information. I would probably heed that warning. Same thing goes for finances. If I have somebody who's very well-to-do and done well with financial planning and with their credit and their finances and investments, and they offered criticism or suggestions about my finances, I would probably heed that a lot more than I would heed from somebody who's living check to check and doesn't have money for groceries, is asking me for gas money. I'm probably not going to take criticism from somebody who's asking me for gas money uh, on my spending habits or my finances. So, but you can learn from your mistakes, obviously. I've definitely done my share of retail therapy and gotten myself into positions where I had to live on ramen for a week. Um, and I don't know very many people who don't have experiences like that. I shouldn't have bought this, or I shouldn't have bought those concert tickets, or I should have done this. Oh, my car needs to be fixed. And now because I spent XYZ on da-da-da, now I, I, I need to eat ramen so I can get my car fixed. Whatever the case may be, we can learn from our mistakes. And the more willing we are to learn from our mistakes, the more positive we will, the more positive experience we will have. Also, not learning from our mistakes will probably continue to make the same mistakes over and over again. And who wants to suffer unnecessarily, right? Number six, see the bigger picture and purpose in challenging situations. Instead of feeling sorry for yourself or being pissed off that something is a struggle or that something is, has become difficult, try to see the purpose in it. Try to see the bigger picture. Try to see what is to be gained from overcoming that obstacle, right? Again, focus on the getting around the hurdle, not the hurdle itself. Sometimes looking at the bigger picture we get a different perspective and perspective is everything when it comes to emotional and mental health, right? Seven, work on recovering from wounds, rejection, and failure. Don't internalize. If you're wounded, talk about it, process it, write about it. We talked about that in the habits video or the habits podcast. We talked about that. Forming good habits, journal writing, discussing things, seeing in black and white how you feel, how to process, grieving, how to deal with rejection and how to deal with failure. Bouncing back from these things more quickly will further help our positive mental attitude, our emotional state, our positive emotional state. Walking around wounded or walking around rejected and dejected or beating ourselves up for a failure it's not going to benefit anyone. If, if I make a mistake or I fall short in some ideal or some conquest or goal that I was trying to reach, I'm going to reassess it and reset maybe a smaller goal or more steps into the goal rather than beating myself up for not doing it. The more I beat myself up emotionally and mentally, the less productive I'm going to be, number one, and the less beneficial I'm going to be to other people. And for me, I believe that my purpose is to be as beneficial to other people as I possibly can. Mainly because I spent the first 40 years of my life only giving a shit about myself. Now, I can't speak to everyone else, and I can't speak to what your purpose is or what your status is right now. Why you're watching this podcast. Why does it have your interest? Are you trying to improve your emotional and mental state? Are you looking for tips and tricks to 
have a better experience in life and to have better experiences with people. Um, for me, my usefulness to others is a huge part of my everyday life. And it's something that I focus on. And I know that if I'm not taking care of myself, I'm no good to anyone else anyway. That's a fact. I know for a fact that if I'm not taking care of myself, if I'm not eating right, if I'm not sleeping right, if I'm not getting physical exercise, I'm going to fall short and I'm going to waver emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically. I'm going to feel some kind of way. I'm going to get depressed. I'm going to get in my feelings. I'm going to be hangry. I'm going to be grouchy. Whatever the case may be, if I'm not taking care of all of those aspects of myself, I'm going to be of no use to anyone else. And then I'm defeating myself and my purpose.